Hello, welcome to North Coast Calvary Chapel's audio podcast. Well, good morning. I think we're going to have a lot of fun this morning. I do. I feel it. I was driving uh, one late night through the, those windy roads in Rancho Santa Fe. You know those roads? What's up, Rancho Santa Fe peeps? Do you get annoyed when newbies drive through those roads and you got to sit behind them? <laughs> I am that guy. And I'm driving through Rancho Santa Fe. I'm just cruising gently around those turns one night. And uh, I, just, I can see these headlights in my rearview mirror you know, gaining speed coming up on my tail. And they come up right behind me and are just riding me. <laughs> And then to kind of give me a gentle little nod of encouragement, they flip on their high beams. Boom. They're driving an SUV. I'm in a sedan. So it's just like in my rearview mirror. It's like boom, boom. You know, ah, you know, just, just dry, riding me. I, I, and so we're cruising. And I didn't even realize I was doing this until I hear the tires screeching on the turns. But I've unknowingly picked up my speed and accelerated to accommodate this guy who's behind me, riding me. I don't know why. I don't even know this guy. Why would I be so concerned about, you know, making this guy happy? But we're just boom, 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 and I'm not going fast enough. I'm, my tires are screaming around the t- corners, and finally he just floors it and explodes past me, and he's gone. I'm like, oh, whew. Sometimes... Uh, Life is a little bit like that. It sneaks up behind us and pushes us into a pace that we're not really wanting to go, but we find ourselves going faster than we should, faster than maybe we want to, and uh, we don't even know how we got there, you know, and different things motivate us. Some of us are just like me, a bit of a people pleaser. I just want to just make this guy happy for some reason. Others of us are just like driven to be productive and have our tasks lists and we just got to nail it. Others of us feel the headlights of missed opportunities always haunting us, you know, FOMO, fear of missing out. And we cannot miss the next fun moment. And we're just kind of in a pace of life that's pushing us to the point where we're just screaming, our tires are screaming around the corners and maybe we're screaming in the house. We're a little edgier with people and we just can't even find time to connect with God anymore. It's just hard. You know, all of us know kind of what it's like to kind of get there. And you know what? There's nothing new about that. Even before people had cell phones and they had cars and they had emails, they were still caught in this tension of, on the one hand, it just feels like there's so much to do, caught up in a pace that doesn't seem to leave room to kind of slow down, pause, reflect, and connect with God. Because 2,000 years ago, people had the same issue. Look at this story with Jesus. We're going to look at this story this morning that really captures this tension that we all kind of struggle with. Luke chapter 10 verse 38, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. And that's a really incredibly bold thing for Mary to do. 
a woman's place was in the kitchen. And to sit at the teacher, the rabbi's feet like this is a place of a student, which was reserved for the men. And so for her to do this was a bit of like a socially awkward and countercultural move. And yet Jesus welcomes her, but not her sister. But Martha was distracted. Everyone, can you just say distracted with me? Distracted. We're going to talk about that by all the preparations that had to be made. And she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work all by myself? Tell her to help me. <laughs> oh, hey. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. That, dis- that word distracted, it means to be literally pulled away. It kind of speaks of the tension of a force pulling us from something else that we originally tried to put our focus on. Mar- Martha is the one that invites Jesus in the home but finds herself pulled away from where she wants to be attentive to other things. You know what I'm talking about? Ever been there? Where you're just caught up in the trees and you lose sight of the forest. You know, you're just so caught up in all the things that you got to get done that you lose sight of the things that matter most to you. Have you ever felt that way? Or have you ever had someone say that about you? The tension is real. I love Mary first because it's so cool to look at Mary sitting at Jesus' feet. She gives us this really beautiful, simple picture of what all of our souls long for. Our souls long to just sit and connect with God. In the midst of our crazy lives, there's something in us that just knows that we need to be able to slow down. And coming out of this, maybe the slower pace of summer into the, the quickness of the fall, kids going back to school, new schedules, new demands. You know, you kind of can, we just get distracted and lose touch with God. And Mary gives us this picture of what our souls long for. Maybe you're here and you got a friend who invited you. You don't even know how you got here, but you're not connected to that desire for God. And I'm hoping that before you walk out of here, that we can just drill down into that artisan spring of desire for God in your soul. Because you know what? We believe that every human being longs to be with God. If you have a soul, you long to be with God. Our hearts are restless until they find their rest in him. So Mary gives us a picture of that. Martha, I love even more. You know why I love Martha? Because Martha is someone I can relate to. And I just love that the Bible gives us people that don't have it all figured out. You know what I mean? Because we go through life just feeling like we have to just put on this show and show the world we got it dialed in. So snap on the Instagram, look at my life. It is so good and peaceful and I'm always happy and I look amazing all the time. You know, you don't get to get, no one Instagrams when they wake up. Boom. <laughs> good morning, world. No one is like, oh, hold on, honey. Hold on, hold on, in the middle of a big fight. Snap, having a good fight right now. Woo! You know, no one does that. No, we don't want 
to share that. But you know what's so interesting? That these moments of people's lives are preserved for 2,000 years, like an eternal Instagram photo that we're looking at for 2,000 years. Martha in this moment that we can all kind of relate to. And aren't you so thankful for Martha? Because I can relate to Martha, can't you? Can't you just relate to that feeling of, sometimes things feel so busy, it's like, man, I just can't stop and meet with God right now. I also love Martha because she's got some, she's got some husband, she's got some pluck, you know, she's got some moxie. She comes out of the kitchen and she's like giving Jesus orders. You know, you know, you just got to, there's not many people in the New Testament, in the Bible that record, you know, someone giving Jesus orders. There's a few, but not many. And she comes out here and she's like, Jesus, you tell her right now to get in there and help me. And I like that about Martha because that boldness in Martha is what went out and got Jesus into the house to begin with. And if it wasn't for that part of Martha's personality, Mary wouldn't have had a Jesus to sit at and listen to. So there's something endearing about Martha. And Jesus loves her. He just loves her. And Jesus wants to help her. He wants to lead Martha out of this place that she's stuck in into a place of peace. He leads her through three steps to find her focus on him again. All right? The first step he takes her on is the reset. The second is the soul check. The, sur- the third is the challenge. You ready? The reset, the soul check, the challenge. Let's start with the first one. The first step, the reset, verse 41. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. Jesus resets the tone. She comes into the room just like a Tasmanian devil. You know, she's just whipped up. And Jesus just listens, and then he resets the tone. Martha, Martha. I just hear in his voice a gentleness. I hear his humility. He doesn't rebuke her. He doesn't try to give her quick advice right off the bat. He just listens, and then he repeats her name twice, sort of like getting her attention, kind of pulling her out of this sort of mindset that she's in in the moment to calm her. And the reason why I see that, that I don't, I don't see a patronizing, judgmental Jesus in this moment. I see a Jesus who speaks to her personally, and, and he speaks to her patiently. Look at Matthew eleven twenty eight. This is the heart of Jesus. When we are caught up in the frenzy of all the things that we have to do, the the important things that we need to do to make the world run, this is how, how Jesus speaks to us. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The heart of God is full of grace, mercy. And when Jesus finds us in our crazy pace where we can't make that space, we won't make that space to be with him, his heart towards us is not to be judgmental, to not for us not feel guilty. I'm not a good enough Christian. I'm not doing enough, you know, prayer push-ups or scripture pull-ups. That's not his heart, and that's not how, what you should hear this morning. Instead, God wants you to feel 
the pull of his love for you towards him. And that is an entirely different force than a force that is compelling you out of guilt or shame or shoulda, coulda, woulda. That is not the heart of God. The heart of God is a force of love that wants to pull us into itself. Jesus, she comes in upset. Jesus resets the tone. So this morning, the first thing is let Jesus reset the tone in your moment and in your day. Maybe you need a reset right now. Maybe just to get to church, you kind of lost sight of Jesus. Come on, kids, we're going to go worship Jesus right now. Get in the car, you know, and you just kind of lose that, you know, it's just sort of ridiculous, right? You're like freaking out at home, you know, to go worship Jesus. And we have to, we just have to tell Jesus, step outside, Jesus, it's going to get ugly. I'll just meet you at church and and we need to reset. Have you ever, do you know what I mean? Have you ever been caught up in the momentum of a mindset that is making it hard to slow down and you need a reset and you've experienced it? Have you ever experienced a reset? What does that even look like? I was Long time ago, I was kind of stressed and caught up like this, you know, a whole two days ago. And I was just feeling, to be frank, overwhelmed by all these things I was trying to get done. And I was really stuck with this problem I was trying to solve. And I was getting nowhere. You know what I'm talking about? I'm just not, just like head against a wall. I'm not getting anywhere. And, and everything is in me wants to compel me to sit at my desk and try harder and just turn that Rubik's Cube more and more frenetically until I can solve the problem. And then I just get this thought, I just need to step away. I need a reset. And I just put on my hat, I put on my running shoes, my sunglasses, and I have house guests. People are in my house, and I'm just like, hey babe, I gotta go for a walk with Jesus. I know crazy, right? But I'm just, boom, I'm out of the house. And I'm, I go on an hour walk, and I'm walking with Jesus, and I just start to just see myself in Martha, and I can just see him looking at me with that love. And after an hour walk, it was going to be 15 minutes, but I needed an hour. I can just feel this weight getting lifted off, and I'm not, all the thoughts of, Ryan, you don't have time for this, you don't have time to go for a walk, you don't have, you need to get back there. I, it just started to kind of, to walk, kind of slough off my back. And I could feel Jesus resetting my tone. The tone, the atmosphere in my mind and in my spirit. Jesus can see that Martha is speaking and working out of a weary and burdened heart. Because even when we're doing good things out of a weary soul, it can leave us bankrupt and it can hurt people around us. You know, I mean, Martha comes out and just humiliates her sister in front of all these people because she's trying to do a good thing out of a weary soul. And so I want you to look at the paper right now. Look at your paper. Get your pencil and pen. I want you to do something. I want you to write your name right there. God sees right through everything to Martha's heart, and he sees your heart right now. Put your name in there. Come on, just indulge me. Put your name, write it out. 
I want you just to read that. Look at that, look at that and read it and put your name in there. If you don't have a pencil, then right here. I want you just to read that in your head right now with your name in it. Come, Ryan, Ryan, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. What does that bring to mind for you? What are you upset and worried about in your life? Where do you need a reset? Maybe it's with your marriage or kids. Maybe for you it's with your parents. You're like, man, I, my parents need a reset. You know, I need a reset. You know, I want you to think where that is for you. And that takes us to the second point. The second step that Jesus takes her on is this. He takes her through a soul check. Can you say soul check? Soul check. The challenge for us sometimes as Christians, the thing that we get kind of mixed up with is we come at the Bible for head knowledge when, and we just want to fill ourselves with information when as good as information is, the Bible is about transformation. And the scriptures, we come to the scriptures to get information about God, which is good, but one of the things the scriptures is meant to do is hold up a mirror to our own soul. And it's great and important to gaze on the beauty of God, but sometimes the beauty of God reflects light on our own soul. And when you don't want to look into your own soul, you cannot connect with God because you got to bring yourself to God. And think about it. The more mature of a person you are, the more you are yourself and aware of yourself, the more you the more intimate of a relationship you can have with a person. God doesn't want you bringing who you're supposed to be, who you should be. He wants you bringing who you are. And when it is upset and anxious, we don't want to bring that to God. We don't want to Instagram that because we don't want anyone to see that. But yet that's what God wants. And we need soul checks to connect with God. Now watch what this means. Look at this verse right here. When, he's, when Jesus says, quote, you are worried and upset about many things, that's not advice. So Jesus is not giving her advice. What is he doing? Yeah, he's getting her to reflect. Yeah, okay, let's look at this. What is he observing about her? He makes an observation. What is he observing about Martha? What's that? Yes, and what do those terms represent about her? What are they showing us about her? Yes, yes. Yes, yes. This is all true. Lack of faith, that she's distracted. But get this, how does he get there? He gets there through helping her get in touch with her emotions. Pay attention. Worry is an emotion. Upset. Angry is an emotion. And he works to help Martha gain some self-awareness, some emotional awareness. And some of us are especially committed to putting as much distance between ourself and our emotions as possible. And we love Christianity because we've mistaken it as a system that will help us escape our emotions and just focus on God. And yet here's Jesus, and he's pointing out the obvious. He's getting her in touch with her own heart. Anyway, maybe this doesn't seem obvious to you, but 
When you're caught up in the grip of these emotions, you're not always aware of it. Do you know what I'm talking about? You're not always aware you're in it. It's like when someone says, you seem a little stressed. I am not stressed. You know, I kind of sense you're a little upset. I am not upset. I am raising my voice because I am, I want to be heard because I'm excited. <laughs> you know, you're, you know it, and you need someone to help you get in touch with your feelings. I was swimming in my little master's workout and in master's, you got a lot of people sharing a lane. Six, seven adults is sharing this little lane. On the right side of the lane, you go one way. On the other side, you go another. And there's a moment where you change direction off the wall. So I'm following this guy. We hit the wall. He pushes off kind of right up the middle of the lane. And I kind of bend in too soon, early too soon. So we kind of collide. And we kind of just scrape the side. We don't really hit hard. We just kind of basically graze the sides of our bodies just lightly. And I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have done that, you know. So I, I, we finish the set, and I come up behind the guy, and I'm just about to say, man, I'm so sorry. And he turns. He must have been a water pole player. gets up out of the water. <laughs> are you out of your mind? And he just yells at me. His veins are bulging. His face is red. And he yells at me loud enough to get the attention of everyone in that pool. Everyone's looking at us, and I'm just totally embarrassed. Oh, and you know what I say to him? I look at him and I go, you are really angry with me. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. You are really mad at me right now. And he's like, yes, yes, I am. Yes. I, you know, he kind of, ah, I am. It's important to have self-awareness because when we don't realize we're caught up in these emotions, we get ourselves living in a fight or flight posture and mindset. And you know what the fight or flight thing is? It means you are living on survival mode. And the pace of our life makes it hard to stop and connect with God because you are in a fight or flight mode of life. And anyone suggesting that you slow down is a threat to you, let me bring in the grizzly bear. Let's bring in the grizzly bear for a second. Look at the grizzly bear. When you see a grizzly bear, what do you want to do? That grizzly bear rears up and starts coming towards you. What do you want to do? You want to run. You don't want to give it a hug. You do not want to to sit down and drink a cup of tea, you want to run. Now, your fight or flight apparatus is connected to a lot of you know, chemicals and hormones in your body that want to energize you to run and do the very thing you shouldn't do, and that is try to outrun an animal that can run 40 miles an hour and cover 50 yards in three seconds. And as irrational as that is, we want to do it anyways. And that's the challenge of the fight or flight system. Now, let's put that into our regular life. But before we do that, let's look at consult the experts. What should you do when you meet a grizzly bear? <laughs> Listen to this. Because you know what? We got grizzly bears in our life. According to the experts, number one, you are not to run. Fair enough, don't run. You're going to walk slow. <laughs> you know, here comes the grizzly bear. <laughs> you know, 
You're going to walk slowly. And then you know what you're going to do second? You're going to speak softly to the bear. Hey, bear. You know, I can't even do it without laughing. It's just so crazy. You know, and look at the third one or the fourth one. You're going to curl up. You're going to curl up on the ground. And then fourthly, you're going to remain quiet. And you can just feel how counterintuitive this is. But this is what our lives are like when they're stopping to sit with God is like trying to stop and curl up and be quiet with a grizzly bear in your tail. Now, you may not have grizzly, real grizzly bears chasing you, but you, know, you got kids. You got a boss, don't you? And to be fair to the kids, any kids in the room? Any children? Come on, raise your hand if you're not, if you're not, in a, if you're not, if you're, uh, if you're 16 and under. Come on, raise your hands. Come on, 17 and under. Come on, come on, come on. I want to see if you're here. I, I want to see you're here. Come on. Sometimes it's your parents who are the grizzly bear. Are you with me? Your parents are the grizzly bear. They're, you're trying to meet with God. And they're like, have you cleaned up your room? You know, you're trying to meet with God and they're like, have you cleaned up the bathroom? Have you done your homework? And they come in like a grizzly bear. And it's hard to connect with God when you got a grizzly bear on your tail, when you're in a fight or flight. And that's why we need a soul check. You can almost see Jesus treating the Martha this way, right? Martha comes in the room big. Where's Mary? And she's like, to the disciples, shh. You know, and Jesus is like, quiet, still. And then he speaks softly. Martha, Martha. And it's not really that Martha that's the bear. It is what? The anxious spirit that is driving her life. And when we are in an anxious survival, fight or flight mindset, it's hard to stop and be quiet with God. But that's the thing that we need to do the most because the bear will always catch you. And some of us are trying to live life outrunning our task list. We're trying to outrun the Instagram feed that's showing us what everybody else is doing that we feel like we need to do what our other coworkers are doing, what industry is saying we should do, what our competitors are doing, that we feel like we need to do, what our clients want us to do, and we are trying to outrun the bear. And it's going to catch you. And what Jesus is saying, it's always going to catch you. You may just not know it. So what do we do? We do a soul check. Look at this. How do we do a soul check? Look at these questions I put here. These are questions you can ask yourself to look into your soul. Number one, how am I feeling physically? Start with something you can really you know, connect with, your body. How am I feeling physically? Think about your breathing. How are you breathing? Is it fast? Is it slow? Look at your, feel, get in touch with your stomach. Sometimes we carry our stress in our stomach. How about your heart rate? Sometimes you're like, you can feel your, your veins bulging. You're like, oh my gosh, I need to slow down. All right, get in touch with your body. The second thing is, what is on my mind and how do I feel about it? And number three, God, how do you feel and think about this? Get in touch with your soul. When was the last time you got in touch with your soul? Took time to go, whoa, what's driving my life right now? 
Maybe you're doing a lot of good stuff, but what Jesus wants to get to is what is driving the good stuff that you're doing? For some of us, it's people-pleasing. We want to make everyone happy. For others of us, we're fun junkets. We want to get all the fun we can. Others of us, we are successfully driven. We're driven to be the most successful, perfect mom in the world. And I don't have time for you, God, because I'm busy being perfect right now. But it's offensive, isn't it? To have someone tell you only one thing when you got a list of things, when you're in the fight or flight. Let's go to the next one. The third step is challenge. First, the reset, the soul check. Third, the challenge. Jesus loves us. He wants to bring us into his love, but we have to let him challenge us. To come under his yoke means to learn from him. And if we're going to learn from Jesus, you've got to be challengeable. Do you want, are you challengeable? Yeah. It's hard as adults because we like to dish out the challenge. But as parents, we have to learn. And as adults, as children, no matter where we're at, we have to receive challenge. And he says this to, to her. To Martha, he says, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Your NIV Bible at the bottom will tell you a different way of translating that is, but only one thing is needed. So here's the challenge. Martha you're distracted and you, have a, you feel like you have a lot to do, but only one thing is needed. And the second one, let's go to the next verse, is what he says about Mary. Then he goes on and says, Mary has what? Chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. So here's the challenge. Number one, only one thing is really needed in your life. Number two, you have choice. Now, that's a challenge. Let's start with the first, the one thing. Why is that a challenge? For Martha, Martha's the one that got Jesus in the house. She's the one that wants Jesus. She got him there, but she loses sight of what matters most to her. And when you're in a fight or flight mindset, driven by all the things that you have to do, it's offensive for someone to tell you, yeah, but only one thing. It's like when you're anxious and someone says, hey, have you prayed about it? And you just, yeah, your skin crawls. You know, even today when my wife would say, hey, have you prayed about that? I can just feel it. Just my hairs on my back, just on my head, just kind of pop up. I'm like, ah, no, I don't want to talk about that. And it's that thing that we need to hear. That in our life, as complicated as we've made it, the most important thing in your life is that you are connected with God. What Jesus is saying is, number one, he is worthy of your undivided attention. But even more than that, not just that, but you and I need his attention. That one thing is like a thermostat in the room. Do you know in this room, there's a thermostat, and that one thing controls the atmosphere of the whole room. Imagine trying to control temperature in the room with your body. Oh, we need it a little warmer in here. I'm just going to like get really hot and get really worked up and emanate some more body heat to try to warm this place down. Or, oh, you hot? I'm going to try to walk around and just fan everybody in the room to get you nice and cooled. How absurd would that be? You need the one thing. You need the thermostat. And Jesus is the thermostat of our life. He resets the tone and the atmosphere of our home not you. The one thing above all that your boss needs from you is that you are filled with God's presence. 
the one thing that your children need from you is a mother and a father who is connected to the peace and the presence of God in their life. I mean, think about it. Yeah, your kids need you to bring home the bacon, bro. They need that, sure. You don't want to be in a cardboard box. I got it, but let's not go to those extreme scenarios. Let's be honest. And what they really need is you as a father connected to God. What your friends need, what your teachers need, what this world needs is you filled with God. Jesus has the audacity to say that. Can you imagine how offensive that was to Mary? I mean, Martha? Can you imagine what Martha must have thought? Martha, you don't need to worry about those dishes. Only one thing is needed. Can you imagine her? Oh, easy for you to say, Jesus, you're a man. You don't do the kitchen work. You know, she could have been so offended, and she probably might have been, and that's the temptation for us when we hear this message from Jesus, not to feel guilty, don't feel ashamed, like, oh, I'm not a good Christian. That's not the voice of God. But hear God say to you right now, you will never be in a season of life where God hasn't given you enough time to be with him. And that gets us to the second point. Hear that. As hard as that is to hear, the second one is choice. He says to her, Mary has chosen better. Martha, so can you. You and I are not victims of our circumstance. We're not victims of our parents, our children, our coaches. We're not victims of our boss. We are victims of our own choice. I don't know how many times I've talked to men. Can I pick on us men? Men, for a second, can, I, can you give me some leeway to pick on, on us? Just give me an inch. Give me an inch, okay, to challenge us. I talk to so many men that when I talk to them about why they can't connect with God, they always tell me about how important their job is, how important their bosses and their clients and the demands on their life and how millions of dollars are resting on their decision and their work. And I'm just thinking to myself, you're just not that important as you think. (laughs) We are just so important. And Jesus is like, saying you are not a victim of the needs of other people. You're not a victim of anything or circumstance in your life. You're a victim of your own choice. And that's a hard thing to hear, isn't it? Because it doesn't feel that way. We don't, Martha feels like she's stuck in the kitchen because Mary's not in there helping her, right? Can you see that? And then we get that way too. If only they would do this, if only this, or if only that circumstance, if only when I get, you know, a better job, when I become partner, when I, you know, when I retire, when, you know, when I don't have this boss and I have a better boss, you know, hey, when I can find my own side business, when I can, whatever, and you know, we're just looking at circumstance, living as victims when you are a son and daughter of God and you are a conqueror. You are a conqueror. And God is not trying to make you feel guilty about the fact that you haven't made the right choice. He's not trying to be your daddy. He's trying to free you and help you see you have a choice. Because when he died on the cross, he disarmed the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And that includes the dishes. That includes your boss. That includes getting your kids to practice and your homework. You have choice. Now, 
Look at this. That's an invitation, not an obligation. Look at the back sheet, because I gotta let you guys go. Look at this back sheet real quick with me. I wanted to lay out some choices that you could make. I don't know, maybe this will inspire you. Don't feel bound by it, but number one, choose a new perspective. For some of us, maybe it's this. God is worth wasting time on. It's not, I'm not trying to say it is a waste, but it feels like a waste. Yeah, God, I, got, I don't have time to sit and pray. I got things to do. Because when you're sitting in prayer, you feel like you're getting nothing done. But God is saying, I want to give you a fresh perspective. When you are in prayer, you are getting the most important things done because I'm going to go in front of you and as you pray, I'm going to fill you with the energy and the creativity. I'm going to fill you with the power, the wisdom. I'm going to go before you and open doors for you you can't see coming. Maybe for others, it's choose a simple scripture to memorize that becomes kind of like, you know, in the inception when they have those little, that little thing that he would spin Let's him know if he's in a dream world or real world. It's that little thing, that scripture that you've memorized, it's that thing that helps you recenter yourself on God. Like a Marine in the military who can put their rifle apart and back together in the dark in the heat of battle. We know the scripture inside and out. And when we're in the heat of battle of life, we can go to that scripture four times this, uh, in one day, uh, Friday, I had to go to Psalm 23. Four times, that's my Psalm, what's yours? Do you have a psalm that you just, or a scripture you go to that just recenters you? How many people have a scripture like that? Raise your hand just for a second. I just want to get a sense of like, like where you just know it, you know it, you just know it in the heat of battle. You go to it and it centers you. That's a really cool thing to do. Take a walk, choose a place that doesn't distract you. Choose a no self-free zone. Look at that and maybe circle one that connects with you the most. All right, just do me a favor. Look at that and find something on there that you're like, you know what, that, that gets me. I want to invite the band to come on out. And as the band comes out, I want to pray for us. God made us to be with him. And any thought that tells you that you don't have time to be with God is not from God. You will never be in a season of life in which God has not given you enough time to be with him. That is not a condemnation. I hope you hear that as good news. Because think if the opposite were true. Hey, you know what? Sorry, bro. Hey, sorry, you got kids? When you retire, you'll get to hang with God. It's over for a while. Hey, sorry, do you have finals and midterms? Do you have parents that have chores for you? Sorry, hey, when all that's done, you're in college on your own, then you can meet with God. It's good news that right now, today, there's enough time to meet with God. And maybe this week you want to take that step. You want to take that step towards God. You want to hit that pause button and let God reset you take you on a soul check and challenge your soul. If that's you and you want to find that place with God, that quiet place of listening to him, connecting to the lover of your soul and finding his voice again. I want to invite you, just wherever you're sitting, just stand up right now. Don't worry what people think. As you stand in, it's like a physical action that is a way for you to say, okay, I'm in this. I'm putting something in. Because you know what? I'm up here talking, but it's your turn now. If you're like, you know what, I want to get there this week, today, this week, stand up because I want to pray for you. And the standing is like a little action that you take 
to say, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm in. I'm going to do something about this. God, I want to connect with you. I want to slow down. I want to get out of the fight or flight. I want to hear your voice. Being with you is the most important thing in my day. Maybe for some of us, we need to renew and revive that altar in our life. God, you are the most important person that I meet with today. Let me pray for you. Lord, I just pray for these dear ones. You have made us for you. You've made us to hear you, to be with you. I bless you in Jesus' name to find an open door into his presence this week. I want to pray for you right now. I want you to repeat after me. Say this simple prayer if you're standing. Ready? Say this with me. Jesus, you died on the cross for me to make a way through every obstacle in the universe, in my life, and in my day so that I can meet with you. You've made a place ready for me. I want to meet with you. My soul thirsts for you. And I'm coming. Thanks for listening this week. If you're looking for ways to serve, give, or get connected, please visit our website, northcoastcalvary.org.